baby, you know what that sound means. It's time for The Edge with Terry Waldrop. Terry talks about all the hottest topics in sports every single weekday from 9 to 10 a.m. He's controversial, he's charismatic, and he's the captain of this ship for the next hour. Here's your host, Terry Waldrop. All right, all right, all right. Welcome in Sports Talk 97.7 The Edge on May Day, the first day of May 2018. Welcome in. Appreciate you spending a little part of your morning with us. We are honored to uh, to be on your radio at 9 o'clock every weekday morning. Thank you again for spending a little part of your day with us. You're welcome to chime in. Smart Alecky and Smarmy Text are best. 888 uh, You can hook us up with your name and your town uh, with your comments. We'd appreciate it. Sponsored by the Washtenaw Valley Federal Credit Union. Our title sponsor of the Edge, as always, Dr. David Weber, North Monroe Animal Hospital. Simply the best pet care you're going to get anywhere, folks, in the sound of my voice. Go see them on US 165 North in Monroe, 318-345-4545. 318-345-4545. Dr. David Weber, North Monroe Animal Hospital. On this May Day, the first day of May, hello to my co-host, the one, the only, Mr. 300 himself, Jamie Fox. What's up, my friend? Yeah, I'm keeping it 300, uh, Terry. Uh, good morning to you and John and uh, all who are listening. Thanks again, all, as well, from me for for chiming in. I believe we'll be, uh, I think we'll be fighting the uh, trophic spheric uh, disruptions. How about that? I haven't had my first cocktail of the day, and I managed to spit that one out. Uh, trophic spheric eruptions. Uh, so every once in a while, Terry will be able to be heard, and then at other times will be will be replaced by the Smiley Mighty Jesus Gospel Hour, but uh, somewhere over in the Natchez area. But, hey, uh, we like them, too. We just don't like them bleeding in on our show, but that's okay. Uh, They did it earlier, and uh, those are things Mother Nature has gifted us with this morning. Okay, uh, I'm going to tell you how to avoid that. Yes, yes, please go ahead. I did that this morning. And, again, we have no control over the – Coach, we're we're good, folks. But we're not quite masters yet of the atmosphere in the universe. Working on it, but we're not there yet. Go to the Apple Tune, the iTunes Store uh, for Apple or Android. Go into Red Peach, search Red Peach Media. It's free download, and you can go. Uh, you download it. Doesn't take. It takes very a very short period of time. Download that app. Click on Sports Talk 97.7, and you will have us clearly, uh, succinctly. And in quadraphonic stereo, if you will, anywhere in the free world. So I highly recommend doing that. Apple Store, Red Peach Media, the app, the free app, and you can check us out on that. So that is my suggestion, Jamie Fox. And I have a lot of my friends that listen outside uh, our coverage area, uh, South Louisiana, Texas, uh, Indianapolis. Uh, even got some people up from time to time that listen on uh, on the west coast and so they'll text me and when they're listening in so that allows people uh anywhere to go listen or it was at www uh was sports talk 977.com i think is the other way and it will also take you to uh the simulcast if you will of the thing so 
Does that make, does that make sense to you? Did I, did I lose you? No, it, it, it's uh, well, a little bit you did, but, you know, because I'm so technologically savvy. But um, I'm, I'm surprised that we haven't been banned on the West Coast. Uh, but I'm glad to hear that, that folks in California can even go in on the uh, on the uh, Android or the app there, Red Peach Radio, and, and pick us up. So, uh, anyway, we'll, we'll muddle through this today. We have a lot uh, to get into, NBA playoffs in full swing, NFL draft, Fallouts from the NFL draft. Where's Terry Waltrip these days? We got a lot to get into. But uh, anyway, by the way, once again, I just want to take a, just a little bit of an editorial comment again. Congratulate Terry and the family, uh, the father of an Army Ranger. So, uh, congrats to Terry again, and, and again, thank you and your family and your son for your service. I appreciate that. Uh, a big LSU football fan. He's already hit me up for LSU tickets already. So we'll see. There you go. Uh, he's, he's an he, Army Ranger. Yeah, he thinks he can start demanding things. Yes. Yeah, he gets back into the swing of things. So, uh, you know, we hit this. Let's do a little NBA stuff to start with. I know there, there's some people that like that, some people that don't. And uh, to be honest, we all sort of like it. So we're going to talk about it. Uh, as you <laughs> okay. look at the Pelicans, Golden State Warriors, let's. Rewind about, oh, I don't know, two and a half weeks. Did you ever thought we would be talking about, because the Pelicans, we were hoping they would make the playoffs. Then all Correct. of a sudden, they just crush Portland. Nobody saw that coming. Even the most ardent Pelican fan there is, Sean Fox, did not see a sweep of Portland coming. All right? And so it was a little bit of fool's gold that the Pelicans were playing really well. Portland was, was overmatched. The styles that they played, the Pelicans were playing fast, shooting the basketball. Portland a lot more uh, Oklahoma City-ish without the Oklahoma City players. And they blow through there. Uh, the reality hit for the Pelicans over the weekend when they ran into the Steph Curryless Golden State Warriors who like to play at a high pace because they shoot the ball exceptionally well as good as anybody, if not better, than the history of the NBA. Oh, did I mention the best shooter, arguably, in the history of the NBA that plays for the Golden State Warriors? Yeah, he didn't even play that night. And so I think we're pumping the brakes a little bit. I think the Pelicans have had a remarkable breakthrough. If they somehow could steal the game tonight, which I personally don't think they're going to be able to do, but and to make it a series. I mean, if you could take the Golden State Warriors to six games, I think it's a remarkable accomplishment. I think the Golden State Warriors are going to win the NBA championship. I don't think there's anybody that can beat them, especially as Steph Curry comes back into the fold, especially where the NBA is, is drawn up right now. Anthony Davis for MVP, I hear that a lot. I think Anthony Davis is certainly one of the most talented guys in the league. And, Jamie, I'm going to be honest, if, if I were starting a franchise today, I'm not sure he would be among the top picks. The question for Anthony Davis is and remains. How can he remain healthy for the entire season through the playoffs? He's not been able to do that in quite a while now. Now, when he's healthy, he's really, really, really good and can dominate games uh, like nobody else. Yeah. But the health has always been – it's like Joel Embiid for the Sixers. Uh, very, very talented guy, but simply not durable. In the playoffs, the one thing the NBA playoffs are going to do for you is they're going to test your durability. Yeah, no question about that. And I think this is when I, the the absence of Boogie Cousins 
is probably really going to be felt. Now there's been some some debate out there about whether that would disrupt the chemistry if he were available right now. What I'd like to take my chances with having Boogie in the lineup right now because I think it would you know what he could contribute uh, would be huge uh, against this very talented deep and uh, now with Steph Curry back probably the much better team um, in the playoffs. I think you're right. I think we got fooled a little bit in the regular season. Although the Warriors won three out of four, the uh, the Pel- and actually the Pelicans won the last one without Boogie, but I think the, the Warriors may have been on cruise control at that point. I'm not sure. But to your point uh, about injuries and Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins going down and so forth, I, how many exhibition games do they play, Terry? Does it 20 before the regular season begins? Or I'm not uh, sure. Sounds right, Jamie. I'm not sounds sure. Sounds like about 20. Okay, then 82 regular season, then the playoffs, and then, I mean, good God. I mean, you're, the body, I don't know how these guys, the pounding these, you know, they take. And LeBron James, to me, is is a freak. Um, of course, you look at him and the way he's built and put together, you can kind of realize, yeah, it, it's made durability beyond control. He could, uh, you know, he could probably, you know, walk on for the Cleveland Browns and make it as tight end. But then again, so could you and me. Uh, we can make the Browns right now. So I, I'm interested. I, I think that's what it hit me when that first game score was finalized and, and uh, it was so, you know, obviously a little disappointment after the sweep of the Trailblazers. That's when I started thinking, gee, I wish they had Boogie uh, back now. But they don't. So I think really, Terry, to be honest with you, I hate to agree with you, but I think if they can make this a six-game series, you'd almost have to consider that a victory. Yeah, they're overmatched. I mean, who are we kidding? It's not like you're playing the Spurs or even the Rockets. Uh, You're playing the defending NBA champions. They've won two out of the last three. They're not even hitting on all cylinders. It's a team that has won 16, 15, 16 games in the postseason the last three years consecutively. Uh, The Pelicans, when they beat the Trailblazers, it was their first playoff win, what, since 2000. 12 or 11, something like that, uh, when they swept out the Dallas Mavericks. My Dallas Mavericks, by the way, who are awful. Uh, nonetheless, I mean, it's, it's a great, you know, Pell's fever. I think it's made basketball interesting in the state of Louisiana, again, which is a big thing. Uh, am I pulling for them? I can't tell you I am or I'm not, to, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I like Anthony Davis. I'm not a Boogie Cousins fan. I know Tabor is, uh, has posters of Boogie on his wall. Just not a big fan of, uh, of Boogie Cousins. Do I think he would do well against uh, Golden State? I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think he is a matchup problem. But I think the, the issue with the Pelicans is they play the same style as Golden State does. It's all predicated on offense. It's almost like the Houston series. I'd love to see him play Houston because that game might be 185 to 184 at the end of the third quarter. Uh, it's all offense. Nobody guards anybody. And at the end of the day, you got to be able to get a couple stops uh, to, to win games. And I think the best teams are doing that. I, I tell you, I think uh, who I'm becoming more of a fan of every single day, and God, I never thought I would say this, is the Boston Celtics. They just keep getting guys hurt. Kyrie Irving, out. Gordon Hayward, out. All their other players, out. Literally, they're, they're, they're winning with guys that they found like at the local YMCA in a bookstore. And they're up 1-0. They blew out the 76ers with all their brashness last night. Uh, just beat them like they stole something. Brad Stevens, 
yep. clear, far and away, uh, the best coach of the NBA in managing what he's doing. Uh, I would tell you Quinn Snyder's up there, too, with what he's done at Utah. Well, you, you got guys Absolutely. at Utah that nobody's ever heard of. They take down Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, and playoff Paul. Jo- you know, can you, can you change your name to playoff Paul if you don't win the first-round series? Or if you just win one game or two games? You know, it's, it's kind of like uh, the Cleveland Browns guys going, my name is Super Bowl Steve. Well, dude, you didn't you did win a game last year. Yeah, but it's Super Bowl Steve. That's my name. Uh, it didn't work. Uh, no, so I, playoff I, Paul George, likely not to be with the uh, Oklahoma City blunder anymore. Uh, Russell Westbrook and company, Carmelo. Whoever put that together, Billy Donovan literally has probably got to be on drugs. Uh, and like prescri- if there's ever a, ca- a cause for prescription painkillers, it would be for Billy Donovan or, or uh, medicinal marijuana because it is awful uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> what he's having to deal with. He is. If, if Billy Donovan isn't isn't on prescription drugs or raging alcoholic right now, I, I'm amazed. Uh, he's got strength beyond uh, belief because trying to keep that uh, island of misfit toys in Oklahoma City uh relevant is uh is a huge accomplishment quite frankly um terry i think you i totally agree with brad the brad stevens and quinn snyder analogies uh to me that's the sign of a great coach what you can do with less and brad stevens you know to lose kyrie Irving in that crowd and then uh, gordon haywood and then continue to to put a really quality product out on the on the floor like that and continue the having the team you know follow the whatever your you know your blueprint is for success offensively and defensively and get everybody on the same page i mean that's you're right that's the sign of great coaching um particularly in this era of um nba stars with uh you know egos involved and things like that um that is to steve kerr's credit i do give him i don't care for steve kerr i don't think he's as good a coach i mean i think he's got better talent than everybody else he's a good coach but um, what Brad Stevens and uh, Quinn Snyder have done is, is really phenomenal. And uh, I hope both of those teams go deep in the playoffs. I really do. And I would love to see somebody knock off Golden State. I just don't think it's going to be the Pelicans. I don't think it's going to happen this year. You listen to Sports Talk 97.7. I'm going to tease this with Jamie Foxx. When we come back, I'm going to tell you about a sporting event that's going to allow you to bring drugs. And I'm talking weed, cocaine, and heroin into the really? event you're gonna like this one and i'm gonna go out on a limb and tell you i actually think this is probably a good idea and i'll explain why you're listening to sports talk 97 7 terry walter jv fox the edge segment brought to you by our friends at gb cooley reminding you to support an incredibly worthwhile cause louisiana special olympics back in a minute hey welcome back in sports talk 97 7 terry walter jamie fox paper running the board on the edge may day may 1st 2018 Thank you for spending a little part of your morning with us here. This segment brought to you by our friends at Spa and Avail. Pamper the special people in your life, folks. Hook them up with Spa and Avail. Get your certificate. Uh, Spa and Avail, Lemmy Lane, and Monroe, 318-807-1060. Spa and Avail. All right, so I told you before the break, Jamie, uh, we have a sporting event that's going to allow, and I'm quoting here, uh, weed, cocaine, and heroin into the uh, into their event. How about that? 
Uh, and this is, is reported. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. This is reported. This is a bureaucratic loophole, they call it. It will allow, you know what sport it is, Tabor. It's soccer. In Russia, during the 2018 FIFA World Cup this summer, it's going to allow France to bring in cannabis, cocaine, and even heroin, as long as the attendees have the proper medical paperwork. Uh, <laughs> now, the Moscow-based Eurasian Economic Union, got to admit, I've never heard of that. This is a joint economic trade block of countries, including uh, places I cannot pronounce, including Russia. They allow for certain banned narcotic and psychotropic drugs to be brought into the country with supporting medical documentation. So foreigners can carry all their stuff as long as they've got prescription papers. So if uh, you have a smack habit and you have a doctor sign off on it, hey, enjoy the sign. Jamie, that might be the only way I could, I could watch soccer. Maybe that's the new idea. Maybe everybody goes to a soccer match, you give them alcohol or drugs, and uh, I don't, I'm not a soccer fan, obviously. I'm sort of making fun about that a little bit. But uh, soccer's had some problems in the past. Maybe this is a nice way of putting it, of some hooligan behavior. This is where the fans riot. Now, my personal theory on this is uh, the matches are so boring that the fans get bored and start beating each other up. However, I digress. But now, uh, as if violence is not enough, you can throw in psychotropic drugs, heroin, uh, marijuana. Of course, marijuana might, like, calm the mood down a little bit. But, yeah, this can't be a good idea with the soccer fans for the FIFA World Cup, could it? No, no I, I think this is an excellent idea. Um, and I'll tell you why. Uh, now, this is a t- departure from, you know, around here where you if, if you uh, we've had charity games where if you bring a, a toy, you get in free, you know, for children. If you bring a toy to the game, this is a completely different thing we're talking about here. We're talking about hashish, heroin. Uh, the marijuana thing, I think, is, you know, I think it. I think we've got to give this a chance, Terry. We don't know if it will, uh, if it's going to uh, go into the realm of more violent behavior. Because, as you know, soccer fans are a little bit, they're very animated, uh, let's just say. And they, t- they tend to, you know, rush things and go crazy when their team and i'm like i i guess because there's such a dearth of scoring in soccer that you know i think you need this kind of as an aside to and i i i'm sorry you know john Tabor, god love him he is a huge soccer fan and he understands the nuances and the the good and the bad about it which i really you know i admire that i that's a better sports fan than i am but Nevertheless, I think I would probably want to have. Now, my my choice of, of sin would be probably Jack Daniels, okay? But that's just me. But even when I have a lot of Jack Daniels, I don't get violent. I just I love everybody. And uh, now give me Jack and a little bit of hashish. Uh, I don't know how that my body would react to that. But we've got to give this a chance. I mean, where is this going to take place, Terry? It, what country? Uh, uh, 11 uh, cities in Russia this summer. During the World Cup, well, the FIFA 2018 FIFA World Cup, so okay. you're going to have different nationalities, different countries, mm-hmm. uh, some of which don't like each other to begin with. We'll all right, we're not even going to get on that on the political side of it. They don't like each other either ethnically or religiously or for whatever reason. Yeah, 
throw in some mind-altering substances in a highly charged soccer match, yeah, what could go wrong there, huh? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Terry, you're missing the point completely. This is detente, man. This is, this is like what better way to foster relationships than, you know, passing a, a blunt, you know, between countries. Um, I don't have a problem. If you're the guy that brings, Jamie, if you bring yeah. weed to this deal, they're going to laugh mm-hmm. at you. I mean, yeah, you're those the guy, the, I mean, you know, come on. Yeah. Richie, those are the weenies. Richie said yeah. Yeah. yeah, what did Richie say? I've got to hear this. No, Richie, Richie said it's the Woodstock of sporting events. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I think, listen, um, you know, I know – this is where, uh, actually, I, I th- you just hit me with this. I think Trump and Putin need to meet at a soccer match next time and, you know, just say, hey, you know, Vlad, hand me some of that uh, ganja or whatever, and here's your, uh, here's a, you know, a hit of heroin or something. Just uh, take one and, and see what you think, and then we'll discuss nuclear war here in a few minutes and just whatever. And, uh, you know, Syria, you know, we're not, uh, and, you know, whatever. I think it will... It, it may help things here. I think we're looking at this completely wrong. Um, we have to we have to see how this works. Um, we don't know if it's going to result in more violence. Because let's face it, soccer is not supposed to be a violent sport, and it's not necessarily on the field. It is certainly in the stands. There's a lot of things that go on between Liverpool, Middlesex, or whatever. I said that very carefully, you noticed. So I think in, in Russia, this is a good thing. I mean, I don't know if this would work necessarily. In many places, Russia, uh, look, they got to have a departure from vodka over there. Those people get hammered all the time on vodka, and I don't think it's good vodka. But they, you know, that is a huge problem is vodka. So let's throw something else into the equation and see if it won't get, you know, it might mediate uh, mediate things a little bit, and we'll have less people drinking vodka and more uh, hallucinogenic drugs. I mean, is is am I wrong? <laughs> Luke says, I didn't know the Eagle fans were a soccer team. Look at how their fans ride and give those fans yes. the PCP and let them lose. <laughs> well, you hey, it keeps people off the off the uh, t- off the light poles in Philly. They got they won't have to grease the poles down anymore. Everybody gets so stoned out of their minds, they won't be able to climb the poles. So well, my I boy mean, Jay texts in. All the Russians are all TDs anyway. Let everybody else join in. Yes. Uh, I don't know, hey. Some PCP will help calm down the hooligans. <laughs> if you take enough LSD, you may even get to watch the U.S. national team play, which didn't qualify. I'm not even going to respond to that one. <laughs> oh, so what if we what if we extrapolated this to the United States? What if we said, you know what, the Michigan Ohio State people, hey, bring in all your drugs, we're good. Or the LSU Alabama fans. Although if you're LSU the last six years, that might not be such a far fetched idea. Uh, I bet you get a new Domino's Pizza sponsorship. But, oh, uh, yeah, what what if you're a security officer now and you're in charge of security for the Russian FIFA World Cup games? And they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, head of security guy. Uh, yeah, they're, they're going to be bringing in trucks and everything. you got to deal with it. Good luck. By the way, most of the nations don't like each other to begin with. Yeah, you throw that amplifier in there. The question is body count, Jamie Cox. Uh, are you? I, I, you know, we'll go over under, and I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I'm going to put the body count at 20 this summer, um, and, and I hope I'm definitely wrong on that. This can't be a good idea, can it? Uh, I don't know, Terry. I really, um, 
I've I've long advocated, as you're aware, uh, for for concessionaires to sell pot brownies at games. I think this would, uh, you know, this might help. That you know, I don't. They say that that's a uh, what is it? A gateway drug, uh, mar- mar- marijuana. Um, oh, I thought you meant brownies. Like to go to like. Well, brownies. I like brownies uh, with or without the uh, hashish in it or whatever. But uh, I think that um, I had a bad experience with that. By the way, I told you about that, right? My experience with brownies. I think I shared this one time. Uh, I didn't know this, but somebody slipped me some pot brownies one time in Birmingham, and I uh, had to drive home. I started crying uncontrollably. I was, uh, my motor skills were absolutely shot. Um, I told my, I saw the Brookwood Hospital on the mountain. I said, if I can just get there, I'm going to check myself into rehab. And these, these, uh, I mean, these are supposedly friends that, you know, I said, why are they laughing at me? You know, it didn't bother me until I started driving the car. Uh, I felt perfectly. Yeah, that would be a problem. Yeah, that would be a problem. So I don't know if this is going to affect people, how this will do other people. Uh, I just thought well, I'd share my experience. Uh, that was it. I didn't inhale. I ate. And uh, I had the same – I had a, a very bad effect. I said after that, I'm sticking to Jack Daniels. But that's not so great either. So I don't know, Terry. I mean, the, people are – we're trying to cope with life, right? These folks in Russia – I mean, just think about it. I mean, you're freezing your behind off nine months out of the year. And you're trying to find. I mean, you got soccer, which you know doesn't exactly, you know, it's it. Let's just say it's not a a high scoring sport, right? I mean, yeah, they can. Uh, great athletes, don't get me wrong. I'm very very. Uh, I appreciate soccer. That, it is. It's like. Are you still on the brownies? Me, I'm gonna drug test you. It's like watching Taters Bowl to me. I just can't seem to get into soccer. Now I do. I do admire. Hey, that grass is real green and everything. And soccer is a great sport. I just. I don't know why I cannot develop an affinity for it um but it is a great sport uh i think it would be greater if you're watching it stoned that's just my opinion <laughs> with that one we're going to take a break and appropriately enough this segment sponsored by mr bobby manning attorney at law tremendous source of louisiana attorney specialized in criminal defense wrongful death personal injury whatever you need bobby is the man for you don't delay jamie fox give bobby manning a call today 318-324-1411 the Edge tokes on after this. And welcome back in Sports Talk 97.7. Terry Walter, Jamie Fox, the uh, <laughs> the Edge. Uh, <laughs> Panther fan texted, uh, it's way over the edge. And you don't need drugs to watch the Panthers play most years, man. Good stuff, Panther fan. Appreciate you listening. Uh, here's my thing. Had a little... Uh, NCAA movement uh, over the past day or so, Jamie. Shea Patterson, formerly of Calvary uh, Baptist in Shreveport, then he went to IMG, went to Ole Miss, and he is going to finish his career at the University of Michigan. He's currently in France where uh, Harbaugh has taken the Wolverines to Europe the last uh, two years, and they're over there. I think they toured the Normandy Cemetery yesterday. and uh, Quite the educational trip, and kudos for Jim Harbaugh uh, taking his, his kids over there. But we had some resolution. Ole Miss had been fighting Shea Patterson's transfer to Michigan, had been fighting the fact that they did not believe he should be eligible to participate for the Wolverines in 2018. The NCAA has ruled in conjunction with Ole Miss and the University of Michigan that Shea Patterson 
will be eligible to suit up and play quarterback for the Wolverines come this fall. Thoughts, Jamie Foxx? A lot of them. Um, of course, when you, you began with saying movement in NCA, I had to had to take take it back because I, I think sometimes the NCA and movement are, are related. I'll let you uh, <clears throat> let you connect the dots on that one. Uh, Shea Patterson being eligible, that means that Van Jefferson, Breon Dixon, uh, some of the other kids who transferred from Ole Miss would only make sense now that they be eligible as well because their basis of their uh, arguing for immediate eligibility was the fact that they were deceived by Hugh Freeze and the Ole Miss Rebel program that the sanctions weren't going to be that severe, which ties into another thing you and I talk a lot about, and uh, you're very familiar with the transfer rule, currently stands where, of course, NCAA allegations now, uh, that's that's a whole new dynamic being thrown in the equation, but normally – if you transfer from one Division One school to another, you have to sit out a year of eligibility. Well, you started seeing this change when Northwestern started about unionizing the Northwestern Wildcat football team, that is, out of Chicago, started talking about wanting to unionize because, and that, that's all about quote-unquote freedom. Um, and you also saw about, co- well, if coaches can leave without any punitive measures or they don't have to sit out for a year to coach, then why can't the players? Uh, you notice the it's epidemic now, transfers in basketball. Each year, it's, it's a, I think it's starting to average about two players per team every year. Oh, it's I over that. Know. It's over, I think it's over 1,000 this year. Yeah. So how do, you, how do you recruit? How do you coach? How do you know from one year to the next what's coming back? Uh, I would go so far as to say this, this transfer thing is costing coaches their jobs sooner than they should in some cases. Um because, you know, the acquisition of talent is, is very difficult to do unless you're John Calipari or people like that or Mike Krzyzewski and you've got programs that can reload every year like those can. But, again, look at Loyola Chicago. When you can keep your kids around, even if they're not near as talented as players on those teams, it can happen, but that's what has to happen. You can't have a lot of, you know, have to, I think that Loyola, Illinois was a testament to continuity Plus, Porter Moser's a darn good coach. So, I don't uh, – I, I kind of felt that was going to happen. Uh, the backup quarterback transferred Wilton Spite, or Sprite, I think, S-P-R-E-I-G-H-T. Um, he transferred, I believe, to UCLA. I think he's uh, – maybe as a graduate transfer, though, and will be eligible immediately. So now it becomes the question, Terry, now that this door has been opened, this this Pandora's box has been opened, I just think it's a matter of time before it's going to be basically free agency every year. And I don't like it uh, because of what it does to coaches' careers. And I don't necessarily think it's great for the kids. I mean, I can understand after a couple of years things not working out. You see where you're going to fall on the depth chart. But, you know, nowadays, you know, they go one year. Uh, Ole Miss um, – Quite frankly, yeah, I think they're guilty as all get out. But, I mean, honestly, in the big scheme of things, Ole Miss hasn't done anything that anybody else hasn't. But if you're Ole Miss, and I'm not an Ole Miss fan, but you got to, you know, it's. I will say this. They certainly handle Ole Miss and other teams differently than, say, Kentucky basketball. I'll leave it at that. Well, they've had six underclassmen has left the Ole Miss program. 
and they've either filed or they're going to file petitions with the NCAA to play in 2018. So some new legislation the NCAA just came out with, and it was the combination of Ole Miss working with Michigan um, to make this happen. And so it should be interesting because you figure Shea Patterson will go in, and that's the one thing that Harbaugh has not had since he's been at Michigan is a big-time quarterback. And uh, Apparently uh, Shea Patterson is a big-time quarterback. We'll see how that works out. Uh, he was lighting it up at Ole Miss. For the first, uh, what, six, seven games in 2017, he got hurt, and which ended his season uh, prematurely. But interesting to see. I think he transferred to Michigan uh, last December and applied for immediate eligibility in February, practiced with the team in March and April, waited a decision from the NCAA, uh, the Ole Miss Athletic Department, had told the NCAA earlier that they did not uh, support the granting of the waiver. And they believe it didn't uh, support his original request because officials believe, and this is a quote, the basis of his claim that former coach Hugh Freeze had persuaded him and others to stay at Ole Miss by lying about the scope and potential punishment of the NBA, NCAA's investigation of the program was untrue. Look, if you're being investigated by the NCAA, you can speculate on what may or may not happen. Uh, just because you believe it's not going to be severe and then all of a sudden it is severe, it's not like you lied about it. Uh, so that's a little shaky. There's no coach in the world that's going to say, hey, look, uh, we're going to investigate it. I think we're probably going to get the death penalty. But, hey, I want you to stay because you're really good. It, it doesn't make sense. Uh, they've got an attorney, a guy named Thomas Mars, who has helped Shea Patterson and several of the other Obis players through the transfer process. Uh, was pretty happy. Moore said the solution the NCAA came up with would not have been possible without Ole Miss support. Uh, he said, I know the athletic director is uh, Ross Bork, answers to a number of constituent groups, and I hope they see this as a win this time for Michigan and Shea, but also for Ole Miss. So, again, you're setting precedent here, Jamie Foxx, on people bailing out of uh, situations. Personally, I don't really have a problem with this. Uh, I mean, we're going to free agency anyway. We're sort of playing games with it. I'm not sure. Um, you know, they'll tell you when the kids sign with a school, they don't sign with a coach. They sign with a coach, folks. It's what they do. And it's a relationship they have. If you're being recruited by Michigan, you're getting recruited by Ohio State, uh, Michigan State, all the Midwest people, likely uh, half the SEC as well. And so you got to go where you have the best opportunity. People, the graduate transfer, I think, has messed a lot of the smaller and low-major, mid-majors up because all of a sudden if you have a kid that you've worked with for a number of years and getting ready to be really, really good, he graduates and fails to a Power 5 school and you were left holding the bag because you paid the cost for all the developmental and the learning curve, and he's out. Is it better for the kid in some cases? Probably so. Is it better for the program that invested in him? You're sort of like, uh, you know, jilted at the altar because there was a richer guy that came by uh, right before uh, you got married. So I sort of see both sides of it. Yeah, you can, but I think, the again, the thing now you'll be sweating out if you're a fan is you've, you've got a coach that's been pretty successful and uh, you've got a recruiting class in place. And all of a sudden something happens like happened at Arizona which with Rich Rodriguez. And, you know, he's after he's got his recruiting class in place, 
he gets fired. And here comes – and then the players are going, well, wait a minute, I signed to go to Arizona for Rich Rodriguez. And all of a sudden, everybody wants out of their scholarship uh, because, as you said, they you can say people can say what they want. They signed with the coach. Um, they, these are 18-year-old kids we're talking about now. I mean, judgment is not always as clear as it, as it could be. But there's so many things pulling at them. Um, they, I think – most kids go where they feel like they're they're going to be most comfortable, and when that comfort zone is disrupted by the coach going and leaving another job, chances are, also that position coach that he met on his recruiting trip is going to be gone as well. So, uh, there's no guarantees that the school you signed with, even though you're told you signed with the school, is going to be the same school, so to speak, that you signed with. Therefore, these kids are want to go have some a chance to go where maybe their second choice. Our third choice, wherever they, you know, felt some comfort level as well, just not as much as the school they signed with. And here we go. I mean, it's just going to be, you know, uh, moving parts all the time. And um, I think it is going to be free agency. I, I can kind of see the point of Patterson, but at the same time, you know, I, I don't think Ole Miss, they may have actually believed they weren't going to get uh, this kind of sentence. Uh, you know, most of course they believe that. Too. Yeah. Most no, of, them of thought, course they believe you know, they weren't going to get a bad sentence. Yeah, they're still appealing it, aren't they? I think there's still some appeals in place on Ole Miss's part in the lawsuit. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that. No, there always is. I mean, nobody thinks they're going to get hit, and then when they do, they're they're going to appeal. They're going to be upset. They're going to be angry. And with, given the NCAA's track record, which is all over the map, in a lot of cases, they're dead-on accurate. So, yeah, if you're telling a kid, hey, look, I don't think we're going to get hit hard, that's probably what your people are telling you. And – did Hugh Freeze just absolute lie about that? I don't know. I couldn't tell you he did or he didn't. But he's probably going to err on the side of caution, thinking he's going to keep his job and he wants to keep his players that he's worked really hard to get. So, at any rate, uh, interesting stuff there going on in the world of transfers. This is Sports Talk 97.7, Terry Walter and Jamie Foxx. This segment brought to our friends Billy Justice and Vantage. Check them out, folks. Segment sponsored by our friends at Vantage. Back in a minute. Again, Sports Talk 97.7. Terry Walter, Jamie Foxx closing out the edge here on a Tuesday. Uh, a surprise to me in the NFL draft, Jamie, I'm going to be honest with you. I started looking at the LSU entries into the draft, the early entries, etc. Um, Danny Etley, a seventh-round pick, 219th overall, the 11th quarterback taken in the draft. To the New England Patriots. Your thoughts? Well, I guess they see them, him as a succession plan to Tom Brady, don't they? Um, no, there's a lot, lot to be said about Danny Etling. I think his greatest attributes are above his shoulders. I think he's a smart kid. I think he's a, a mature kid, level-headed, um, not the most talented. Uh, you're also seeing some things, I mean, you could almost make the same argument about not necessarily from the talent level. You could say the same thing about D.J. Chark uh, in that system as well. Were they hampered by, you know, what LSU did offensively or the lack thereof? I don't know necessarily if quarterback play has – I know that's what people hone in on is that LSU can't recruit quarterbacks or they can't coach them. I don't know. I, I, I disagree with that. I think LSU has made – uh, a lot of uh, they've had some just some bad luck. Felipe Franks, you know, uh, 
the kid that uh, Luke, uh, the guy that signed with Notre Dame, Blair Keel, who was committed to him forever and a day. Uh, they've had just some bad luck at that position. Transfers. I mean, watch Lindsey Scott win the Heisman Trophy now at Missouri. Who knows? But uh, I don't think Danny Etling is a as bad a quarterback. I don't know, frankly. I mean, I, I know his arm strength is questionable and so forth, but they must have seen enough things about him mechanically that they liked to have spent a draft choice on him as opposed to signing him as a free agent uh, or bringing him in. There must have been enough things they, they you know, saw that they liked in him that they thought he was worth it. Now, obviously, he has to compete, you know, and he has to he has to make the roster, which is difficult to do. But um, you didn't see, you know, New England trade up for quarterback. You didn't see him, you know, uh, sign anybody significantly in free agency. Uh, so Danny Edling's got, to me, he has a legitimate chance. And maybe Bill Belichick sees something in him that maybe LSU fans didn't. Well, their last six-round quarterback pick turned out pretty good, uh, which was Tom Brady. Here are the guys. They had five quarterbacks that went in the first round. Uh, Baker Mayfield from Oklahoma was the Cleveland Browns. It was the first pick in the draft, which is still just befuddling. Uh, Sam Darnold from USC went number three to the Jets. Great pick. Uh, Wyoming's Josh Allen went to the Bills at number seven. Uh, Big question mark. I think Josh Rosen, who I'm not a fan of Josh Rosen, but to me, he's probably the second-best guy on the dra- when I look at just pro-ready. Goes to the Arizona Cardinals at number 10. I think that's a, a very good pick. And then Lamar Jackson went to the Ravens as the last pick in the first round. Uh, did it surprise you that Baker Mayfield, the former walk-on, is that the Cleveland Browns being the Cleveland Browns, or are they on to something here? Well, you know, I've heard as many as six or seven other teams had him as their number one also. So I don't know. Uh, you hear all sorts of – I mean, honestly, Terry, in, in in everybody's defense, these quarterback projections are all over the map. You know, from a – you know, you talk about, you know, the all, he checks all the boxes, the ceiling is high, all this sort of stuff. Um, yeah, Josh Rosen, I think, in most people's eyes, just on a physical standpoint – in his mechanics and so forth, he was the most NFL ready. His problem, you know, was um, was his mouth, uh, which may or may not end up being a, a good or a bad point. We don't know at this point. But Josh Rosen is certainly, I mean, I do think he's going to be the starting quarterback for the Cardinals at some point here in the near future. He'll enact, And actually what was funny about that, and I know we're, we're, I'm kind of all over the map here, but I think honestly, I know he's, he's upset about being picked 10th, but honestly, I think he landed in the best spot of all those quarterbacks as far as if he wants to see the field early. Because Sam Bradford, you know, is a good quarterback, but he's got an arthritic knee, he's a walking mash unit, you know, two or three years at best, probably for Sam Bradford. Um, so Josh Rosen's going to be the quarterback in Arizona soon. Um, the others, Josh Allen, um, inconsistency. Uh, tremendous ath- as far as, you know, all the attributes. That's what you want in your pro quarterback, right? You want 6'5", 235. Um, Buffalo apparently feels like that is is their key, how quick he can pick up the system. Uh, Baker Mayfield, Buffalo his limitations, yeah, his wow. limitations okay. are physical. I mean, I, I really believe that's all, that is his only limitation. I don't – his height and, 
maybe hand size and things like that, gripping a ball in cold, wet weather, that may be an issue. But honestly, I think, you know, Baker Mayfield's a gamer. And, you know, I know he's going to give it, you know, he's got physical limitations, whereas the others have better, Sam Darnold and all those have much higher projections simply because they're more physically uh, built to handle, uh, you know, cold, wet weather. And But we'll see. I mean, Baker Mayfield, if you want to go by just strictly accuracy and things like that, I mean, it's hard to argue. Like I said, he wasn't just the Browns' top choice of quarterback. Uh, you know, I don't think he's going to be a bust per se. Uh, I, you know, I think he'll be a, a, a journeyman quarterback at best. You're putting him into a bad situation with the Cleveland Browns. So granted, you've got some pretty good receivers to throw the ball to. The offensive line becomes a question mark. The fact that the Browns have won one game in two years uh, is a big – and the fact that they're the Cleveland Browns. So a lot of things going against you. I think Baker Mayfield's biggest issue is himself. And I think going forward, the maturity – the lack of judgment. And, again, you're not talking about a defensive back here. You're talking about a quarterback, the focal point to your 0-16 franchise last year. And so that's the big question with him. And, again, how many videos out there uh, are there of the top draft of the NFL running from the police? Yeah, it's out there for Baker Mayfield. So about, do I wish him ill? No, absolutely not. I just I really question the judgment and the maturity and those things tend to really uh, limit how the ceiling of – I think his ceiling is just very low. Uh, you know, everybody makes fun of Andy Dalton and guys like that. Look, they're C-grade quarterbacks. They win games. They're not going to get you beat. Uh, can you win the Super Bowl with them? Well, look what the Eagles just did with a backup quarterback. And a lot of it has to do with chemistry. So how Baker Mayfield reacts, the leadership he's able to do walking into that locker room, Will those guys be on his side? Will they not? All those are great questions. I want to get into that more. I want to get into some more of the character stuff. I know we hit that uh, yesterday. I think maybe toward the end of the week we'll try to get into that more, get into more of the LSU football season. And I did see this. I want to get into this uh, as well. If you put an NFL team together of just LSU, former LSU players, what would it look like? That's an interesting thing. And could they be effective? Could they win some games? Certainly they could beat the Cleveland Browns, but then again, so could most respectable junior high teams. I digress. Most junior high teams could not beat the Browns. Uh, at any rate, Jamie, appreciate you today. Thank you, John Tabor, for running the board. Our sponsors, Washtenaw Valley Federal Credit Union, Vantage Spa Avail. GB Cooley reminding you of Sport is Worth Wall Calls, Louisiana Special Olympics, Attorney Bobby Manning. And our title sponsor, Dr. David Weber, North Moore Animal Hospital. Simply the best pet care you're going to get folks anywhere in the free world. Go see them on US 165 North in Monroe, 318-345-4545. Make sure you stay tuned this afternoon to the sports company at Three Bells. Sean Fox and his merry band of men will be in to entertain and enrage you as well. Until tomorrow, folks, aloha. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to The Edge with Terry Waldrop. No matter what the topic, Terry will take it all. He's not scared, and you better not be either. We want to see you right back here every single weekday. Missed it? No problem. You can catch the podcast on iTunes and in the Google Play Store. We're living on-